a broke single mom who'd been fired from Denny's go on to become America's most sought-after real estate investor. Hold on to your seats as you are about to go on a wild ride that results in you being a superstar. Dwan Twyberg, a.k.a. Wonderful, is about to blow your mind. The most wonderful real estate podcast ever promises to be your go-to podcast for everything that life has to offer. You are entering the Wonderful Zone. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the most wonderful real estate podcast ever. I'm your host, Dwan Benton Twyford. I'm America's most sought after real estate investor. And I have such a great guest for you today. As you can see, it is a man. So this is today's wicked smart man. And we're going to talk to Alan Stein Jr. here in just a minute. But I just want to let you know a couple of things. Um, the motto at Dwanderful is people before profits. So if that's something that resonates with you, you're at the right place. I'm your girl. This is your guy. This is what we're all about. And uh, go to Dwanderful, D-W-A-N-D-E-R-F-U-L, Dwanderful.com. Opt in. I've got some free eBooks for you. I've got a free real estate lingo uh, training program, a whole bunch of free stuff, but you just have to go over there and you have to go get it. So that being said, Alan, how are you today? I'm fantastic. I'm uh, excited to be with you. And I love the overarching mantra of people before profits. In fact, I think if you're good to people, that will always yield higher profits anyway. I agree. If you just, you know, as a real estate investor, it's really easy. I mean, it's so easy to be all about the money and, you know, you're dealing with people in distress and you could so easily just take advantage of people, just so many things. It's like, you know, what? you don't need to be that way. Just make the people happy, make it a win-win for them and the money will come. Absolutely. Well said. I'm a believer in that the money will come. All right. So I love your background. I see a lot of sports stuff back there. So I'm going to assume you're a sports fan. Yes. And uh, I'm, player. I'm, I'm a former basketball performance coach. So the career I had before my current career as a keynote speaker and author was as a, in the basketball training space. So I had an opportunity to work with some pretty renowned and elite level players and coaches. And uh, I was able to absorb a ton of wisdom from them and Nice. really learn their strategies and perspectives and approaches. And that's really what I teach now uh, on the corporate side and in the business world um, nice. is how folks can apply those same principles. All right, so before we get into all that, we start off, we have drinks with Juan. So we have a toast. So everyone that listens knows we're just going to hang out. We're going to talk like just two people getting to know each other. So cheers. Yes, you as well. Everybody grab your drink. Cheers. And everybody just take a deep breath and stretch off like shake off all the things of the world and just hang out and have fun with us and tune in today and promise you that you'll have a great day or great you'll have a great next 45 minutes anyway but you know what yes. you'll just have a great day I, I just I claim great days every day <laughs> all right so um so you are the wicked smart man that's what we call our male guests our <laughs> girls are the badass boss babes <laughs> So what we like to do is I'm just going to kind of throw you into the wolves today. So sure. what I'd like you to do is tell us just very short about who you are, what you do, how we can reach you. And then we're going to ask questions and see how you got to be this cool, awesome guy that you are today. So we basically, we just want to know what's your deal. 
Sounds good. I'm a, a corporate keynote speaker, the author of two books, uh, Raise Your Game and Sustain Your Game. Uh, prior to that, which I've now been doing for seven years, I was a basketball performance coach uh, and got to work with some really elite level players and coaches. Um, yeah. And that's that's my professional journey. I'm happy to expand on any of that that you'd like. So pull on any threads you want. That's awesome. And then tell everyone how they get a hold of you. Uh, my website is allensteinjr.com, and that is the hub of everything that I have going on. Uh, but I'm also at allensteinjr uh, on YouTube, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter. Uh, so I'm very easy to find and very accessible and very responsive. So if our conversation strikes a chord with any of your listeners or viewers, I encourage them to shoot me a DM on Instagram or LinkedIn uh, or check out some of my videos on YouTube or on the website and would love to keep the conversation going. I'm going to be doing that today. That's one thing I... I, uh, and maybe this is a bad thing, but I don't do like a ton of research on people right before sure. I interview them because I want to like ask questions. Like if I was just meeting you, I want to ask the questions I would meet if I was just meeting you. Absolutely. So I, love I think that. a lot of people are like, oh, they send me all their questions. It's like, uh, no, we're not using any of these. <laughs> so, yeah. I like the spontaneity. I, I would prefer <laughs> it this way as well. So this, but then once I meet someone and get to know them, I like watch all your stuff, promote all your stuff. I become like awesome. a star. So <laughs> I love it. Well, this will be a fun conversation. Will you ask away? I'm an open book. Happy to share about anything. All right. So I love the fact. So tell me about being a basketball coach. Was this in professional um, high school, what, what college? Where, where was this? When was this happening? So I was a performance coach, which means I was in charge of strength, conditioning, fitness, nutrition, and mindset. So I didn't actually teach the skills of the game. So there were other coaches to teach shooting and ball handling and passing and defense. So I basically worked on players' bodies and worked on their minds. Uh, I was in the private industry. I ran my own business and I specialized mostly at the high school level because that's where I felt I could make the biggest impact on their lives. But I worked at two very renowned high schools here in the Washington, D.C. area that have produced dozens of players currently in the NBA. So that got me some work with Nike and Jordan Brand and USA Basketball. So then I got to work some events for some already established players like Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, Stephen Curry. So I had an opportunity to kind of see the before and the after picture. You know, I got to work with players when they were really young before they made it to the NBA. And then I got to work events for guys that were already in the NBA and really was able to draw on both of those experiences to teach the stuff I teach now. Yeah, that's really exciting because for me personally, I believe what my, <clears throat> I'm sorry, my throat is very scratchy today. I think <laughs> I drank a bunch of wine yesterday, which I never do. But I'm out <laughs> of that town. I thought I'm going to have some wine and watch the movies. And today I woke up, it's like, <clears throat> why is my throat so scratchy? So I thought, <laughs> and I really don't like have that, that sound. I'm like, all right, I've been drinking water all morning. I've been trying to sing. It's like, well, my voice just keeps cracking. So I apologize, all you listening, you know, it's not normal, my, norm, my normal voice. Um, but you know, the thing is, Brian or Alan, I, sorry, I don't know why I said that, Alan. Um, I personally believe that mindset is like literally everything. Agreed. I mean, I don't care if you're waiting tables, you're playing basketball, you're a real estate investor. I think if you have a really bad mindset that, that, that just wrecks everything else about your body. A hundred percent. And mindset is something that we can level up through practice and, and intentionality and awareness. Um, so it's not something that one has to be born with an elite mindset. Yeah. It's a skill set 
just like any other skill that we're looking to improve. And it's it's one that I've really been focused on leveling up in my own life, you know, over the last several years in particular. And uh, while it's certainly far from any level of mastery, uh, <laughs> the progress I've been able to make uh, really has been, been you know, uh, eye-opening. So for that, I'm thankful. So at least I know I'm headed in the right direction. You are. How old are you? Uh, I'll be 48 in January. 48. Dang, dude. Looking good over there. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I'm knocking on the door of a half a century coming up. It's kind of crazy. Honey, I'm on the back end, so. <laughs> I'm going to turn 65 in February. It's My like, goodness. how on God's earth am I 65? Like, how did that happen? When did that uh, happen? Well, you, you look fantastic and you have a very youthful energy. So uh, whatever you're doing, it's working. Well, that's the whole wonderfulness. I love it. Because I took Dwan and I took wonderful and I made a new word. Wonderful. <laughs> I love it. Because <laughs> you got to keep it going. So now I have met, well, you know, I, I actually own, uh, in addition to doing real estate and stuff, I own a couple of small businesses, a little clothing boutique, a coffee shop, antique store. And I find that there are so many, like more negative people than I ever realized by being in the small businesses and seeing the day in, the day out. I mean, people are just like, I don't even know. They're just so negative. I mean, it's shocking to me because when I go to a real estate event, everyone's like, woohoo, rah, we're here, you know? Yeah. And then I go like in my antique mall for a few hours. It's like, the hell's wrong with all the people? So, what do you think it is? Or is there something? Or is it just innately we're born with a bad <laughs> and we have to work on becoming positive? Like, what do you think makes people just generally negative? Is there, yeah. a, is there a clue or a system or? As a, as a protective mechanism, I do think we are all wired with a negativity bias. You know, that's a, a, an intentionality to, to help keep us literally alive is to look for threats and to look for things that are dangerous. Um, I think that has been um, exponentially heightened, especially in the era of uh, conventional news media and of social media. And they, they really understand that the way to get eyeballs and the way to get ears and the way to get clicks is through shock and awe of negativity. So I think that's really helped stimulate it. And I do think we all have to be very protective of what we choose to consume, who we choose to listen, read, and watch, and need to, to understand that the outer world does not automatically create our inner world unless we let it. You know, I want to be fully responsible for my attitude, my mindset, my perspective, my approach, my enthusiasm, my optimism. So I'm a realist and I understand what's going on in the outer world and I'm informed on circumstances and events and what people say and what people do, but I don't allow those things to dictate my mindset moving forward. And that's, that's I think, one of the keys of, of having a winner's mindset is being able to detach from the outer world and create that in the inner world. And I've also a big believer that, you know, we, we kind of get what we accept and we attract what it is that we put out. So if we have the tendency to consistently blame, complain, make excuses and have, you know, a negative energy, that's the type of people we attract in our world. And then it creates this very vicious cycle. It's, you know, I'm being negative. All the people in my life are being negative. Everyone I read, watch, and listen to on social is being negative. I turn the news on negative. And then I just make the assumption that the world is a negative place because I've insulated myself in this negative bubble. So for me, I try to do the exact opposite to that. Yeah, I do too. I've got, you know, I've got a few people, even in my own family, that just no matter what, 
no matter how's your day oh you know like they're always dying or something i i have any money just always like no matter what like 34 you know some some of my cousins and stuff we're all like in our 60s it's like how on god's earth have you guys lived your whole life being so negative always expecting the worst and always just i don't know and i get i I think social media has had a lot to do with that because everyone on social media, you know, there's a lot of mean people on social media. <laughs> so for sure. And I know the last couple of years, I'm just like, I can't believe people write that kind of stuff. Someone will post some really beautiful thing about some great event. And like 80 people will find a way to knock that down. It's like, what the hell is wrong with you guys? Yeah. Well, it's why, been my experience. Like that? That. When that happens, that's usually more of a reflection of where they are in their life. It's not, it's not the post that you made. It's something going on in their life. And, and for me, you know, I work really hard to what I call guard my yard and really protect, um, you know, what's in my immediate surroundings, both literally and metaphorically. So when I find that there's people that are a constant energy drain and energy vampires and people that are constantly negative, I proactively try to spend less and less time with those people, whether that's in person or online. I mean, I I go through the people that I follow on social media at least once a month. And if someone is not posting, you know, educational, inspirational, positive, uplifting content, if if they're not posting something that adds value to my life or gets me to think differently, then I just choose not to follow them. And if if somebody's going to constantly post negative stuff, they have every right to do that. And I have no problem with it, but it doesn't mean I need to be the one to consume it. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm very careful and have high discernment with the food that I put in my body and I have just as high discernment with the content that I'm going to put in between my ears. Yeah. No, I, I could not agree more. I have uh, blocked so many people at even, <laughs> even some people in my family <laughs> because it's always, you know, just always arguing night. I'm just like, Oh my God, I don't know how I can stand to live like that. Like, do you not make yourself crazy being so awful? And I just, I, I, all my friends and everyone that I work with on a regular basis are all very positive. We're all of the mindset that we can conquer the world. And, you know, you gotta, you just have to keep that because the negative people they are, I like that word energy vampire. I, I forgot, I, I forgot about that word. I haven't heard it for a minute, but that's what they are. They're just like energy vampires. They just suck the yeah. life out of you. Yeah. Well, and I want to make, uh, I'm loving where this conversation is going, but I also want to make a very important disclaimer. And that is, I don't always feel positive and I don't always feel optimistic. I mean, I'm not a robot. I, I feel frustrated. I feel disappointed. I feel angry. I feel upset. I feel the full palette of emotions and I never resist them. I don't suppress them. I don't ignore them. I allow myself to feel however I'm going to feel but yep. I don't allow that to direct my behavior. I don't allow that to dictate how I treat others. So I can acknowledge when I'm in a low mood, when I'm feeling lousy, when I'm grumpy, when I'm frustrated, and I'm okay feeling that way, but I never outwardly project that towards others. And I'm certainly not going to make a, a disparaging or disrespectful comment on social media or send a disparaging email just because I'm in a low mood. So I yeah. give myself permission to feel however I feel in that moment, but yeah. I don't let that change how I treat others. And I definitely don't weigh others down with my with, with any negative thoughts, even if those are what I'm experiencing in the moment. No, I agree. I mean, there's days I wake up, I don't feel good. I'm just like, oh, I'm just not into whatever's happening. But I, my husband always says, oh, I've been married for 
I guess 22 years now, I guess. And my husband all the time, he says, you are like the most even tempered person I've ever met. Because you never blow up. You never get mad. You're always in a good mood. Even when things are awful, you're always in a good mood. How do you do that? I said, well, I don't know. I just choose to do that. Yeah. Well, it, it comes down to being thoughtful in our responses. So this is a really important part of mindset is that acceptance of, as I said earlier, we don't control what goes on in the world around us but we control our response. And I've worked really hard over the last several years and I'll keep working hard for the rest of the time I'm on this planet into having thoughtful, meaningful, intentional, purposeful, positive responses. Even when I don't get my preferences, even yeah. when someone says or does something that upsets me, I still control my response. And my goal is to always make sure that I'm putting out responses that move me forward and improve my situation. And I'm I'm certainly not batting a thousand. I mean, I'm I'm <laughs> fallible and flawed just like everyone else. Yeah, we but all generally do. speaking, if I can more often than not respond intentionally and thoughtfully, then to me, that's how you can maintain a level of positivity and optimism that's that's fairly unshakable. And you know, the thing is, you can do that. And you can lift other people up too. Like I'm one of those people when I'm in the grocery store line, I compliment the people around me. I'll <laughs> say like, yeah, I love your hair, or your boots or your shoe. Even if I don't, I'll say something nice to everybody. And I always do that. And people always smile like, wow, thanks. Because they're so shocked to get a compliment from a stranger. Yeah. I mean, it, we, we have the power as human beings to make emotional deposits. And, yes. and I've always believed to your point, that a compliment unshared is an act of selfishness. Like if you if you think something nice about someone, to not tell them is a is a form of selfishness. So yeah, yeah. I try and be as as free flowing and as liberal as possible with with compliments, with praise, with appreciation, with gratitude. Because yeah. I know how good that feels when people say those things to me. So why would I not want to make as many people feel good as I possibly can? Yeah. Now I have all my kids do that too. Even my little grandkids are. And they're like uh, eight, seven. Well, so the, the two little ones are only four and two. So they're not quite there. But even the girls, I say, listen, when you see someone, you're in line or whatever, especially like a cashier and the line's backed up and they got all those grouchy people in the line, say something nice. And yeah. it just, people's face just light up when you say something nice or give them a compliment because it's so unexpected because people in general are negative. Yeah. Well, you know, it, this is such a fun conversation. A couple of the <laughs> thoughts come to mind. Um, one is... I firmly believe, and this is my operating system that I see the world through, I try to give everyone the benefit of the doubt. And I try to assume, intentionally assume, that everyone is doing the best they can with the skill sets and tools that they have. So if 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 someone is is in my in my world and they're being negative or they're down in the dumps or they're like like I'm assuming that they're still trying to do the best that they can. I don't judge them, I don't criticize them. And most importantly, I remember that I'm not privy to all of the information. You know, yeah. if someone's being a little bit uh, uh, grouchy, I don't know what's going on in their world. I don't know yeah, something, they could have gotten some catastrophic news that morning that has really dampened their spirits. And right now they're just not the best version of their self. So I'm not gonna judge them or, or you know, uh, criticize them for that. I have to remember everyone's doing the best they can, just like I am. And yeah. I don't know what's going on in other people's in other people's lives and other people's worlds. So to me, leaning in with curiosity and fascination is always a better route than leaning in with judgment and assumption. So even for the people that are constantly negative, if I make a social post and someone writes something disparaging on the social post, I take a deep breath and go, you know what? 
I don't know what's going on in their world right now. I don't know what triggered that. I know it's not my post that they're upset about. It's something inside of them. And I have compassion for anybody that's hurting or struggling. So it, it really doesn't bother me. No, I know. I went, uh, this is, I, I made an um, uh, Instagram post about this. I stopped at a gas station not too long ago. And there's this young guy. He's African-American. He's probably like 20. He's like, girl, I love your hair. Just like one of those people. And I was like, oh, and he was just so cute. And I was like, oh, I love you. You're so great. And then I just randomly, I said, can I give you a hug? I just felt like this urge. And I hugged him and he burst into tears. Oh, wow. And I was like, oh, my God, what just happened? He's like, I just really needed a hug today. And I was like, oh, my God, thank you. So I felt so, like, honored that at that very minute. And the funny thing is I always pay for gas outside. I couldn't get my card to work. So I never go in the store. And so, I mean, it's probably the first time in a year I've gone inside to pay for gas. And he was just so cute and he was real bubbly and really sweet. And I thought, oh, I just want, I just want to get some of that good vibe off him. And he burst into tears and he's just like, my life's been so hard lately and you just don't know. I really needed a hug today. And I was like, well, look at that. And that one little minute, it like made me cry too, of course. And it changed him too. It's like, you know, all you got to do is just be nice to people. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the key. We just need to always remember, we don't know what's going on in somebody else's world. So give them the benefit of the doubt. I mean, this this doesn't mean that we accept or tolerate disrespect or, or for anybody that's, that's invading in our personal space. Oh, yeah, it yeah. just simply means as a way to navigate the world, just assume that people are good hearted and trying to do the best they can. And, you know, if, if someone doesn't have the emotional integrity or agility to deal with certain problems, then yeah, they're going to get stuck and they're going to, they're going to project in different ways. And we should be compassionate and empathetic about that, not try to create something adversarial. No, I agree. I agree. So, uh, so first of all, if a person is a negative person and they don't know they're a negative person, how would someone like that go about changing? I mean, a lot of people are just grinchy and I don't think they even know they're just grinchy. Well, and they usually don't because they're surrounded with other grinchy people. So to them, that becomes normal. It's been my experience that when negative people get put into an environment where everybody else is positive and optimistic, and they're the ones that now stick out, then it becomes obvious. You know, it's it's very similar to if if you have someone that has very low standards and is a very mediocre performer, and then they're surrounded by very high achieving, high performing, ambitious people, they're the ones that that feel kind of out of place. So, you know, yeah. I've always been a believer that awareness is the first step to improvement. And that's because we'll never improve something we're unaware of and we'll never fix something we're oblivious to. So the first key is for someone to even have an awareness that they're being negative. And really what you need is you need to have people in your life that hold you to a high standard and hold you accountable. Yeah. You know, if, 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 if you start blaming, complaining and making excuses, then instead of people that enable that and accept that, you have people in your life that say, hey, you know, I understand you're a little frustrated right now, but really all you're doing is making an excuse and that's not going to help you. So let's get in resolution mode and let's find a way to, to resolve this problem instead of complaining about it or blaming someone else for it. So really environment plays a massive role for all of us. So until you can put yourself in an environment where other people are uh, uh, positive, where they're optimistic, where they're, you know, have emotional intelligence, where they're ambitious. Uh, it's very hard to get out of that cycle. Yeah, it really is. Now, I mentioned earlier, you mentioned uh, mindset and health and what you put in your bodies. So then obviously you work with people on 
eating good, taking care, exercising. And what part does that have to play on a person's mindset? Well, that part from a formal standpoint, that was in my previous life. I mean, for now, most of what I do is corporate keynote speaking. So most of what I'm sharing is is not on the physical fitness side. It's more on the emotional uh, fitness side, which we're talking about. But for me personally, yeah, I'm incredibly diligent and disciplined uh, about eating, about exercising, about yep. my mental health, about my sleep. Um, so that kind of resonates in everything that I do. And I'm, I'm happy to share with folks about that. Um, but yeah, I mean, to me, uh, self-care needs to be a major pillar in everyone's life because the only way you can be of service to others in any business or any walk of life is if your bucket is full, is if you're at max capacity. That's the only way you can serve others to that same level. So it's really important that we care enough about ourselves and we care enough about those in our life, whether it's a spouse, our children, our neighbors, you know, members of the church, the community, the school, the business. Yep. We gotta, We got to care enough about them to be our best selves. So yep. self-care is not selfish. It's selfless because it's done in service of others. Now, I agree. I I uh, am a big believer. And, you know, I, I know there's, you know, there's all days probably where we all eat things we shouldn't eat. But when I eat like really bad, because I'm a really good eater and I eat something really bad or just, I don't know, like, oh, I just feel like eating like a gallon of ice cream today. I feel like crap for like two days. Of course. Like I feel drained. I feel exhausted. I'm like, oh, Slummy, it's like, yeah, So I think, you know, eating and exercising, it all does help with your mindset because when you, you can be really positive, but if you really don't take care of your body, you're still going to struggle with just not feeling good. Absolutely. Well, it will start to erode your confidence. It'll make you feel like you're undisciplined. It will physiologically, it'll erode your mental capacity and your acuity and your ability to focus and your energy levels. So all of these things are intertwined. You know, as as human beings, it's really difficult to completely compartmentalize. You know, in order to be our best selves, we need the mental, the physical, the emotional, and the spiritual, if that's appropriate to someone. But all of those things are, are kind of interwoven together. And it's it's the same thing with kind of our personal lives and our professional lives. Most people will acknowledge that when things are going well at home, you tend to perform better in the business world. And people also acknowledge that when work is really struggling and stressful, it's hard not to drag that into your relationship or into your home life. And that's because we're human beings. We're not robots. So all of this stuff is very, very holistic and it's all woven together, which is why I'm constantly teaching and preaching to folks that, you know, yes, going for a walk and eating a healthy breakfast will actually make your company more profitable because you'll be a better version of yourself when you're leading your company. You know, it's funny on, uh, you'll see when I'll follow you, if you'll follow me back on Instagram, uh, I have something, I call it the five slices of pie. Cause you know, everybody wants like a piece of the American pie. So I give tips on the five things I feel are the most important, which is financial, spiritual, physical, mental, and your family and friends. And that kind of makes us who we are. And when one slice of your pie is out of whack, it messes up the other slices. And the only way to really have balance is to always think about like your whole self as a whole as pieces of a pie that make a whole pie so i do uh, so i put up a a, a video every day okay guys today slice the pie and we talk about whatever financial spiritual physical mental and family and friends because when anything gets really out of whack or you're too focused on like i got to make money other things 
you know, suffer, or if you're just like spiritually, you're just, you know, all over the place. It's like, well, then you suffer. And if you eat crappy, you know, then you suffer. And if you don't exercise, take care of your body, then you suffer. And if you hate all your family and friends and fight with people all the time, you just, you're like suffering all the time. So it's like, get those five things going. And if people don't fit in and they're whatever, too negative or too this or too that, then sometimes you just have to get rid of toxic people. 100%. Absolutely. I love that pie analogy. Yeah. So that's, <laughs> so that's why I go, today's slice of pie. And then I talk about something because it's really important that because I find as in the real estate side, people really focus on, I want to be a millionaire. I want to make money. I want to make money. How can I make money the fastest? And yet they're driving through McDonald's every day and they're super overweight and they're fighting with their spouse at home. It's like, well, this stuff is keeping you from being successful over here on this side. So you need to work on all of that. Absolutely. We need to be able to raise that baseline. You know, a lot of people always talk about raising the ceiling, the, the proverbial ceiling. But in essence, what we need to do is raise the floor. And, and when we raise the floor, it gives us a better vantage point and puts us closer to the ceiling anyway. And we raise the floor by doing all of these things that you're saying. I mean, the those five slices of the pie that's the foundation to which everything else is built. So you've got to have those things, you know, in order. And, and I fully acknowledge that achieving true balance is really challenging to do. I mean, we, oh. at different times in our life, we have different <laughs> seasons and there'll be sometimes, you know, there'll be some points in your life where some of those slices of pie are really thriving and a little more fluid and a couple yeah. other ones are a little bit harder. And then three, four years later, those could be completely reversed. So we have to lean into that. It's more about an awareness and an intentionality to, to focus on those five slices and to, you know, devote the proper energy and attention to them to make them the best that they can be, but also realize we have to give ourselves the space and the grace and the compassion that it's never going to be a perfect pie. It's never going to have perfect slices we're going to constantly ebb and flow and we have to be okay with that. <laughs> I think if all my slices were exactly equal and all up here, all of the same day, I don't think I'd know what to do with myself. <laughs> it's like, what would I work on if everything was yeah, perfect? Very true. <laughs> so if a person is maybe more of a negative type and they're become, they're starting to become self-aware. What do you have some advice, like something that they could like they could hear this today and go, you know, now that I hear Alan talking, I'm kind of a grinchy sort of person. I'm a little bit negative now so, because, you know, like you said, they have to become aware first. You can't help anybody change anything until they actually become aware that that's a problem. So once someone is like just barely on the precipice of knowing, OK, I heard that. I do complain a lot. Uh, maybe I am a little grinchy. What should they do first? Well, my overarching, yeah, my overarching approach to mindset is, is very basic. It's not easy, but it's basic. And that is making a conscious commitment to simply doing the best I can with what I have wherever I am. That's it. I want to do the best I can with what I have wherever I am. Now, the, the what I have and the wherever I am is constantly changing because the world's constantly changing. But the consistent part or the constant is going to be me in that approach. And I mentioned earlier that trilogy of behaviors that really feeds negativity and undermines our performance and fulfillment, which is blaming, complaining, and making excuses. 
Well, if your f- entire focus is on just doing the best you can with what you have, wherever you are, then blaming, complaining, and making excuses can't fit into that equation. So to right. me, that's the that's the actual start. And just acknowledge that it's sometimes in your life, you're in better places and you have more tools and more resources and other times you don't. And, and being okay with your effort and your attitude with what you put forward is the most important part. And to me, this is a very liberating and empowering mindset because I'm no longer at the mercy of the outer world. Yeah. Like circumstances, events, you know, things will change, but I'm the constant. And my constant is focusing on my own attitude and my own effort. And that means I'm always in control. And to me, that is really empowering and liberating. So do you have like a, a book or a recommendation or someone says, you know what, I want to, I want to have a positive mindset. So did they Google it? Did they buy a book? Did they go to you? How does someone begin day one of, I realize I'm negative and I don't want to be, what, what is an actual thing they can do or say or tell themselves that can start the transition? I'm a huge believer that one of the best questions we can ask ourselves when we're not getting the result we want or we're not living the life we want is having a mindset of extreme ownership and asking yourself, how am I complicit in in being in this situation? So the first thing to do is say, if I'm going to identify and acknowledge that I'm negative right now, I need to ask myself, how am I complicit in my negativity? So I'm not going to blame, complain, or make excuses on why I'm negative. I'm going to say, what is it that I'm doing that's adding to my negativity? And I'm going to take an inventory. And maybe I say, well, you know, the the three people I spend the most time with are really negative. The the people (laughs) that I I follow on social media are really negative. The, The news channels that I choose to watch at night are really negative. And now you have an awareness of how you're complicit in what's contributing to your negativity And now you can slowly try to unwind that. You can slowly say, you know, I'm going to start spending more time with so-and-so because they're more positive, or I'm going to unfollow these three people and I'm going to start listening and reading and watching these other people, or I'm going to take a, a, you know, a a fast from watching uh, traditional news and I'm going to watch something inspirational or educational on YouTube instead. So we get to control, you know, the inputs. Because yeah. the inputs are what create the outputs. So if you find that you're being negative, that is your output, you need to look backwards and reverse engineer and figure out what are the inputs that are creating that and siphon those off. I love it. When I was in my 20s, I was living in South Florida and I used to go to all those Tony Robbins, you know, the big rah-rah seminars. And I remember yeah. after I went to the first one, I was like, oh my gosh, everyone in here is like, it's like electric. It's so electric in there. And I thought, I want to be like those people on that stage. How do I become that? I mean, I didn't even go for like, how do I be a better person? I'm like, how do I become that one on the stage? I want to be that person. <laughs> so, I love it. I yeah. reading a lot of books. And um, at the time, in my car, we, you know, we just had radios back in the day. We didn't even have cassettes or CD players. I think maybe cassettes. Um, there was a motivational uh, radio station that during drive time would just play these clips from People like Zig Ziglar and Les Brown and just all the people. And I started listening to that. And I'm telling you, it doesn't take long before you really start changing the way you think because of what you because of what you are listening to. And I noticed a really big difference in my my life and the people. And I said, and I didn't really realize like, oh, I'm becoming a positive because I was always positive. But I started to realize I was becoming like 
so yeah. excited about everything and I could see the change, but you know, I don't think at the time I, I had the words to put into what was exactly happening. I was just like, gosh, these people, they're so great. I feel so motivated. I want to go work out. I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to, how do I become that person? I want to be a speaker. <laughs> how do I do that? <laughs> yeah. If, if most people would make that trade, you know, if to me, the, the two spots on the bookends of the day that infiltrate most people's mental space uh, are, are watching the evening news on TV and immediately jumping on social media first thing in the morning, especially if you're not having very high discernment with who you follow. So we don't want to surround, we don't, we don't want the bookends of our day, you know, to, to have that type of negativity infiltrate us. So um, if you can trade that out, yeah, if someone were to turn off the evening news and instead play great clips from, you know, Jim Rohn or Les Brown or Brian Tracy or Zig Ziglar yeah. or, or Tony Robbins, any of those titans, it would absolutely change their mindset. And it wouldn't take long to do. And then if everyone will go through and weed the garden on social media and literally go through every single person you follow and ask yourself, is this person positive and are they adding value to my life? And, and unfollow and unsubscribe anyone that's not because you got to, as I said before, you got to guard your yard. You do. I like that term, guard your yard. That's a really good term. I'm going to start telling people, listen, I want you to guard your yard. That is the, can, can I use that term? And I'm going to sure I'll, I'll help give you credit back to it. But that is a good term because people, uh, they don't guard. They just, you know, like they're out, they're with their friends or whatever, in a bar or whatever they're doing. And there's all these other people around, though. But I feel like people give off like that negative energy. Like that stuff, I don't want that stuff like jumping on me. You know, it's like, listen, yeah. get that demon off me. I don't want any of that stuff over here. So I'm always putting a hedge of protection around myself and and just praying and praying for other people and praying for everything to be good. And I just, I spent a lot of time trying to keep any negative, anything, business, people, food, life, just out of my house. Like this, well, my body's my house, my body's my temple, and I don't want anything bad going in there. Agreed. Well said. So I don't know. That's that's kind of my body is my temple sort of thing. So now I have been known to be very debaucherous, drink way too much, have shots, eat shoot up stuff I just shouldn't do. But then it's like for three days or two days, I'm like, God, this don't feel good. Like, why did I do that? So now I'm sort of just like, mm, nah, I don't know. I'm do you want to, you know, have drinks? Like, no, not really. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. I don't want to go to a club. I don't want to do any of that stuff. It's like, I'm just going to like hang out with my husband. Love it. <laughs> so, so let's jump tracks a little bit. Um, what's your favorite band of all time? They're not traditional bands because I've always I've I'm a big hip hop fan, old school hip hop in particular. So most of my favorite uh, artists and groups are kind of in the hip hop genre. Um, I'm slowly as I'm getting older, um, kind of broadening my horizons and, and really kind of enjoy uh, some country music now. A uh, variety of different. So, yeah, I don't really have a. Oh, you gotta have favorite a favorite. Band. Who's your favorite hip hop of all time? You gotta have. I a mean, hip hop favorite artist. Uh, it's probably Eminem or Jay Z. I am actually a huge fan of old hip hop too, because yeah. you know when my daughter uh, was born in '88, it's so like in the '90s when all that music kind of started coming out. I was like, wow, because before that, I was all into disco. So it's like I was like, hey, this is like you can dance to this. This has got good beat. Wow. I like that. I like the rhymes. I'm liking this. And so I have one of my playlists is like all the old school hip hop, the whole entire playlist. My husband's like, how do you listen to that music? I'm like, that music has the best beat. It's great. I yeah. love it. Mm -hmm. And people are always surprised about that. It's like, you like it? I'm like, 
Now the 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 rap today, like the really kind of nasty rap, it's like mm, with all the cussing ones, like ah. Yeah. But the old hip hop, it was really great. It was like a great new music. It's an incredible art form for if sure. If you can dance to it, I like it. Love it. I can even line dance. So I've even learned the country because I, you know, I like to go with my mom. My mom's still 87. She still goes line dancing. So it's like, who would have thought? Nice. Um, what's your favorite food? I tend to skew towards healthier things. I, I've really increased that palate. I'm a big breakfast guy. So I love granola. I love chia seed pudding. I love a good omelet. Uh, I love avocado toast. Um, but if I had to pick one singular food or genre, I'd probably go with sushi. I love, oh. I love sushi. Me too. Not that many people say sushi. I'm like, sushi is like the best food on the face of the earth. Yeah. I feel and it's like pretty I versatile. It every day. It's so mm. good. I love it. The rolls, the food, the sushi. Mm. My husband doesn't like it, but I've got him up to California rolls. So he'll get to California right there. I'm eating sushi. It's like, that's okay, a good let's, start. let's call it that. <laughs> I'm over here with like, you know, sashimi and all the right. Oh my God, how do you eat that? I'm like, it's delicious. <laughs> What's your favorite time? What's your favorite part of the day? Oh, early morning by far. Uh, six, six to 10 a.m. by far. And what do you do between six and 10? That's when I do most of my productive work, whether it's my physical exercise or if I'm working on a project. Uh, anytime I'm speaking at an event, I like to be the opener. I like to be one of the first speakers. It's it's just when I have my most uh, energy. It's when I have my best mental focus and acuity. Um, yeah, I'm I'm not good for much after nine or ten p.m. at night. So you know, I usually go to bed pretty early, and I naturally wake up pretty early. And ever since I was a child, I've really embraced and loved early mornings. That's nice. That's fun because you know everyone has a favorite time of their day and they're all for so many various reasons. But I talk to a lot of people like, oh, I get up at like, you know, four o'clock and exercise. And in my mind, I'm thinking like, never catching me up at four o'clock exercise. <laughs> but I appreciate <laughs> that they do it. It's like, hey, listen, if you love that, you need to do that. That sounds amazing for you. But, uh, but the morning does set your day. I don't get on my social media. I get up. I eat. I do a lot. I'm a big breakfast person too. I get up. I have a nice breakfast and I do my Bible study and uh, just whatever I need to do, work out or whatever I'm doing. Then I pick because once you pick up your phone, I feel like you're like sucked into a black hole for the rest of the day. And it's easy to get in. And then all of a sudden you're like, shoot, it's seven o'clock at night. What the heck happened to my day today? Yeah, exactly. Okay, so one more time, tell everybody. Um, so I, I took some notes, so I kind of like to do a little summary. So okay. we're going to see uh, Alan Stein Jr., see if we picked up a little bit of information about you today. So you do uh, corporate speaking, coaching, start off as a basketball coach. You do the mindset, the health, the bodies, worked with high school, which is, I think, where people really do need a lot of help because those are really formidable years. There's a lot of peer pressure. There's a lot of everything. And if you don't make it through that, you've just got a longer road ahead of you. Um, you like to guard your yard, which I love. You don't you don't like to have energy vampires around you, <laughs> which I love that too. It's like, I think I'm gonna, I used to use that word. I forgot. I'm going to start using it again. 48, amazing shape. Take good care of yourself. Um, mostly though, you like to go speak at corporate events and just teach people about just building all the areas of their life, having it well-bounded. And I think starting with mindset is most important. And commitment, that was your tip for like, you know, if someone's going to start making a change, they have to make a commitment. You have to commit to the move. You're like Eminem, 
breakfast is your big thing, but sushi, and you uh, like it early in the morning. Perfect summary. You nailed it. Is that a little bit about Alan Stein Jr.? That is a little bit about Alan Stein Jr. If anybody I know, wants folks, more, it's only a little, but y'all have all of his socials. You have all get a hold of him. I think you should get in touch. I, I feel like no matter how positive of a person that you think you are, or I think I am, or you think you are, I think when you feel like, oh, yeah, I'm the most positive person, there's nothing else for me to learn, then that's like going back downhill on the slope. Agreed. You have to always, you can never be. You just can't ever have like too many great things rolling through your brain. Agreed. Well said. Yeah. Always, always have a student mentality. That's what I try and live by. I do too. And I've been investing in real estate for like 35 years. So sometimes I'll have a guest on and I'll be like, hey, I did not know that. So I get so excited to learn something new because it's not that I've done it all and I know it all. But when you've been doing something for a long time, when you learn something new, it's kind of, it's like, wow, that's really exciting. This is yeah. something new and fun. Um, exactly. Have you written books? Are those your books behind you? They are. Yeah. Uh, the first one's called Raise Your Game, High Performance Secrets from the Best of the Best. And my follow-up book was called Sustain Your Game, High Performance Keys to Manage Stress, Avoid Stagnation and Beat Burnout. Folks can get those on uh, Amazon or Audible or wherever they like to get their books and audiobooks. Nice. I'm going to read the first one there, Raise Your Game. I always love cool. to read new books. Did you ever read that book, Relentless? Yeah, by Tim Except Grover. Absolutely. Yeah, my husband listened to that on audiobook, and and he won't read for nothing, but he'll listen to anything on audiobook. And as I started listening to that book, I was like, you know what? I want to listen to that book with you. I was yeah, like, man, it's, that was like a really, like, that's a hardcore book about being yeah. like an achiever. And I was like, dang, that guy, like, he was is like hard in the paint on his ideas. But it was really interesting because... Um, you know, there are like the leaders and the coolers and the other people, but I, you know, we should all strive to be the actual best version of ourselves that we can possibly be. Um, so folks, I'm going to ask you a couple things. First, do you have a podcast, Alan? I do called the raise your game show. Okay. So you'll be having me on as a guest. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> okay. Y'all heard that. So go listen to the raise your game show. I'm sure it's fantastic. And in fact, I'm going to start listening to it myself now. Also, um, find him on social media. Find me on social media. Go to dwanderful.com and opt in and get a free Flip Your Way to a Fortune a real estate investing program. And for all of us that do podcasts, we always ask you, I ask, if you had a good time, if you laughed, if you smiled, if you learned something, just anything at all, go and subscribe and leave a five-star review. Podcasts are a lot of work. They are definitely a labor of love. And we feel edified when you go and leave a five-star review and say, hey, Alan was great. Juan was great. This was great. So we help you and we ask you to do the same in return. So one last question. Um, I want you to give me a word of wisdom, but it can only be a single word, a word of wisdom, one word. Intentional. I love that word. So everybody knows that when they hear the word of the week, this is our word of the week in the wonderful world now is intentional. So what does intentional mean to you? Being very thoughtful in your responses to everything that happens in your life. Okay. So everybody, that's it. Intentional means being thoughtful in all the areas of your life. Is that right? 
That is correct. You nailed it. All right. So everyone this week is going to be working on being intentional. So I always like to have people just leave a word of wisdom because it makes people, because like you did, you had to look up, you have to think for a minute, like only one word. I, I have a whole sentence. I just don't want to put it into a single word. And then I like to find out what that word means to you to give people who may not know what intentional means to give them a place to start. Perfect. I love it. So, um, so listen, you are great. You're awesome. I'm so happy and thankful. I got a chance to meet you today and seriously that you don't have to have me on your show, but you know, I got some pretty good motivational, uh, skills myself. So I would be an awesome asset to your tribe and, uh, everyone grab, uh, his books and, and be intentional. And, and that's really intentional really is a great word because we all want to do things. We think about doing things. But then if you don't actually make the intent to make the commitment and keep going, nothing ever really changes. And then a month later, two months later, you're like, oh, I'm back where I started from. Well, that's because you weren't intentional. Well said. Well, this was right? a fun conversation. It was so nice <laughs> to meet you. It was for you, too. So I'm after we stop recording. Just hang on for one second. All right. So everybody, uh, thank you for being on the most wonderful real estate podcast ever. And, you know, here we talk about everything. We talk about mind, spirit, body, soul, finances, real estate. We talk about it all because that's what makes us who we are. So um, we'll be back next week. Same bad time, same bad channel. And remember that the truth is in the red letters. All right, everybody. Ciao. Thank you. Alan, thank you. Y'all make it a great week. Wow, wow, wow. How much fun did you just have? You listened to the most wonderful real estate podcast ever. Hey, do me a favor. If you love just one thing about the show, if you laugh, if you learn something, leave a five-star review, subscribe, and share it with a friend. Don't forget, next week, same bat time, same bat channel.